Hello and welcome to our brand new podcast, The Climate Clinic, brought to you by the Global Consortium on Climate and Health Education. My name is Adesh Sundaresan, and I'll be your host for this series, Be the Expert. Each week, I'll be joined by distinguished guests to bring you the latest headlines within climate and health research from the leading evidence-based journals around the world. Tune in to learn about the health implications of climate change, how this is affecting us today, and what needs to be done. By the end of it, you'll know all you need to know in order to be the expert. Welcome back to Be the Expert with myself, Adesh Sundaresan and Mark Futenek. Mark, what do we have in store for our listeners today? We're bringing you another terrific article, this time from Nature Climate Change, titled Climate Change and Pathogenic Diseases, which was released this August. This article explores how climate changes worsen more than 200 of the 375 documented pathogenic diseases that are known to impact human beings. This is an incredibly broad and ambitious endeavor as they strive to identify the impact of climate change on all human pathogens. And they make a point that they included infectious disease, transmissible diseases, of course, but also other pathogens such as allergens that cause asthma or contact dermatitis, conjunctivitis, and also things like insect stings and jellyfish envenomation. Most studies on the associations between climate change and disease have focused on specific pathogens or transmission methods or the effects of one type of extreme weather. But this team at the University of Hawaii at Manoa reviewed the literature for evidence of how 10 climate change-induced hazards, including surging temperatures, sea level rise, droughts, etc., have affected all documented pathogenic diseases. I also like how they tee it up by casually mentioning the worldwide disruption from just a single pathogenic disease, COVID-19. This was a huge undertaking, wasn't it, Mark? Because they really assimilated and wrote review synthesizing such a huge amount of data. They examined, I believe, somewhere close to 80,000 research articles, reports, and similar materials to look for cases of infectious diseases that are influenced by climate drivers that have then been exacerbated by greenhouse gas emissions. In their study, they broke down their findings into subsections and laid it out really clearly that delineated the mechanisms through which the climate change driver is exacerbating the risks and exposures to these infectious diseases. Now, Desh, you know we're not intentionally choosing articles with fabulous graphics that we can't show on a podcast. But again, this article has an absolute must-see interactive graphic. So this is figure three which both depicts and quantifies the interaction between the climate drivers, the modes of transmission, and the causative agents of climate-sensitive disease. I really encourage you to check it out in the show notes. One of the first points they make in this review is that climate change is bringing pathogens closer to human beings. Shifts in geographic range of species is one of the most common ecological results of climate change. Warming and changes in precipitation were associated with range expansion of many vectors. Climate-driven expansions have been documented for aquatic species, as well as warming at high altitudes allows vectors and pathogens to survive the winter when they normally wouldn't. Habitat disruptions also bring pathogens closer to people. Another interesting example the authors found is that reductions in snow cover forced voles, which are like large rats apparently, to find shelter in human dwellings, leading to hantavirus outbreaks. And floods and storms cause wastewater overflow and outbreaks of common diseases like norovirus and hepatitis. 
And finally, this is fascinating but frightening. The thawing of ice and permafrost risks exposing us to locked away pathogens. It is thought by some that an anthrax outbreak in the Arctic Circle occurred this way, which raises the specter of ancient pathogens emerging that humans have never encountered. As we just saw with COVID-19 and many examples throughout history, exposure to new pathogens with no prior immunity can be devastating to entire populations. This could open a whole Pandora's box of serious disease. Those are some really scary points, Mark. You've mentioned how the authors talk about pathogens coming to the people. They also then went on to find literature that described climate hazards that are doing the reverse, bringing people and pushing humans into the path of the pathogens. This could be through heat waves, which increase you know, our recreational water activities. Uh, this is We've seen increases in waterborne disease exposures, be it vibrio, primary amoebic meningoencephalitis, gastroenteritis. Humans are also encroaching into wild areas with our altering land use patterns and pushing us in the path of newer diseases such as Ebola, Lyme's disease, Queensland tick typhus. These are all examples of pathogens that might be encountered during spread into more rural and rugged areas. And, and climate drivers such as storms, flooding, sea level rise, they're all displacing human beings into new environments that frankly aren't underwater. We're escaping drowning and moving into the path of vectors and pathogens. Another interesting angle is how pathogens can be strengthened by climate drivers. We know certain vectors thrive in particular environments. The same goes for pathogen life cycles, and often there's an enhanced vector-pathogen interaction. An example of pathogenic strengthening from climate change is how ocean warming accelerates the growth of harmful algal blooms. When we talk about the strengthening of the pathogen, there's also the virulence factor that we need to consider. An example of this is that heat upregulates the gene expression of proteins that affect transmission, adhesion, penetration, survival, and host injury. Now, heat waves also act as a natural selective pressure towards heat-resistant viruses. And, and when they spill over into human populations, results in an increased virulence as the viruses cope better in our human body's main defense state, which is fever. And next, the review explores how people themselves are impaired and left more vulnerable by climate hazards. So from a physiologic standpoint, climate change can reduce our capacity to cope with pathogens, in addition to adding stressful exposure, such as forced migration to unsafe areas, and also reduces healthcare access. So malnutrition, stress, general health condition all affect our immunocompetence to disease. Climate impacts on land and marine food supply including reduced nutrients in crops due to raised CO2, can lead to malnutrition and increased susceptibility to these diseases. And they also cited evidence that the human immune system can be impaired by large swings in temperature, which we're seeing more often. So stress of all kinds can downregulate our inflammatory response, impacting our immune system's ability to offer appropriate and resilient responses to infectious diseases. Dash, honestly, this whole section felt really scary and apocalyptic whole population stressed and vulnerable to spreading infectious diseases does not sound like fun. It's worth mentioning that they did find some infectious diseases that are diminished by climate drivers. Ironically though, for, for most of these diseases that are diminished by at least one driver, they were at other times aggravated by another, and sometimes even by the same climate driver via a different pathway. 
An example the authors cited from their literature review is that in some cases, schistosomiasis infections were reduced by floods because that the flooding limits the habitat suitability of the snail host. However, in other cases, flooding increases human exposure and broadens the dispersal of the hosts. Another example is that droughts, they reduce the prevalence of malaria and chikungunya by the reduction of breeding grounds for mosquitoes. But in others, droughts led to increased mosquito density in reduced water pools or stagnant water bodies. I like that they did examine this idea closely, that climate change could decrease some of these diseases. But the result was that just 3% of the diseases they studied were likely to purely decrease with climate change, while nearly 80% would only increase with climate change. The sheer number of pathogenic diseases and transmission pathways aggravated by climate hazards reveals the magnitude of the human health threat posed by climate change and the urgent need for aggressive action to mitigate greenhouse gas emissions and to prepare now for this reality, which is upon us. Thank you very much, Mark. This was a really powerful and important article published and released in Nature Climate Change this August titled Climate Change and Pathogenic Diseases. As always, please do refer to our show notes for further details and the link to the original article. You've been listening to Be The Expert with myself, Adesh Sandrason, and Dr. Mark Futenek. See you next time.